Hey guys, welcome back to the Align podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about methods of dieting. Now, when it comes to dieting or handling nutrition as a whole in a healthful way, um, remember the word diet is all-encompassing of your diet in general, not just as a means to control your body composition. Um, There are several ways that we can handle our diet. And we tend to find that social media has almost demonized certain methods of dieting. Um, And it can be a little bit of a minefield, I think, as a client. It's something that I find a lot of clients seem to struggle with is navigating the minefield when it comes to what they feel like they quote unquote should be doing with their nutrition. And it can be like a bit of a minefield to navigate, well, is this the method that is right for me? And I guess that's how coaching works, right? We take your background, take our experience. Um, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people now um, over my time coaching take our experience, take all of our knowledge, and we apply the methods that are best for you. Well, any good coach will anyway, based on where you're at now and your previous experience with food also. But we can tend to find that, particularly with the rise of social media, certain methods being demonised, coaches maybe applying inappropriate methods of dieting to clients that maybe wouldn't benefit from that style of dieting that may sometimes can come become detrimental to their relationships with food. So in this episode, we're going to discuss four methods of dieting who they tend to be appropriate for, how I use them with clients. Um, The majority of you that are listening will be current clients and you will probably recognise some of these. You may have moved through um, a couple of these during your coaching time with me Um, and the pros and cons of of both. So what we're going to be discussing today, we're going to be talking about meal plans, tracking, eating intuitively and intuitive eating. Now that last one is a little bit of a um, an extra thrown in there and you will understand what I mean when we get to it. So think of that as a bit of a spectrum. We're going to start off with meal plans as they are, let's say the most strict on the spectrum if we're looking at this at the starting end of the spectrum, the most strict. And we tend to see that meal plans originate from, I guess like a bodybuilding culture really um with the rise of definitely when um through my experience of the fitness industry was before kind of Gymshark existed before kind of it, it almost exploded and there was definitely a shift in the fitness industry with when I guess like your influences um girls started to lift influencers started you know looking jacked all over social media and there was this big kind of shift in the industry and really the only way that I guess people knew how to get results with nutrition were through meal plans because a lot of the people that we were seeing as this exploded through social media were coming from the bodybuilding scene and that is how they were getting in shape so a lot of what we know when it comes to meal plans was learned from that kind of bodybuilding, strict bodybuilding culture. And the problem with this is that that gets applied an extreme sport, an extreme method, then gets applied to a general population, a general population of so many different people with so many different backgrounds, with different goals, none of which are really that extreme. Um, And that's where things kind of originated. So I'm going to start off with the cons of, of meal plans. So as we already said, meal plans tend to be very, very strict. So there's often not really much wiggle room when it comes to using a meal plan. You have set food, set amounts, and you rotate that same food. <coughs> so there's no room for, for error. It's the same thing every single day. The same food repeatedly, I guess, has a knock-on in several several different areas. So the first knock-on, and something that a lot of my clients um, will come to me for coaching with or to to protect is that 
this can increase and emphasize food dichotomy. So food dichotomy is when we label food as good or bad. Labels like healthy and unhealthy are also dichotomous labels um, and things that people can get very, very bogged down with seeing them as a, you know, polar opposite, one or the other, black and white, um, very much kind of a polarized view around food. And having that same food repeatedly can increase that food dichotomy. It can give us that on-plan, off-plan mentality. It is linked to increasing um, over-restriction and overeating. So say we get that mindset of, right, this is the food that I can eat in this quantity. So if I have one chocolate digestive, then I've ruined it now. I'm quote unquote off plan. I may might as well have 12. I might as well have a Domino's for tea. I'll start again on Monday kind of mentality. And actually, doesn't educate us any further than that. So it can increase food dichotomy. Also, the same food repeatedly and limiting our diet to certain foods can have a negative effect on our gut health. So something that I will speak about to you guys all the time is the best thing that we can do to improve and benefit our gut health is to have food variety, is to have a wide range of food in our diet. And when we are just limiting our gut to certain foods, even certain types of vegetables, for example, certain types of protein, etc., um, when we reintroduce these foods, because there will be a time when you will eat more than just the food that is on that plan, you can find that your gut is unable to process these things. I've experienced it on a personal level with dairy after doing um, after using a meal plan throughout a 16 week prep. Your gut can find it hard to process these things and it can cause digestive discomfort, right? And it's not just in, case, in terms of, of this kind of thing, but if you were using a meal plan, for example, and then you went on holiday or you went and had a meal out with your partner and actually your gut has a hard time processing that. Again, something that I've experienced in the past before my food knowledge was um, where it is today, right at the start of my journey. And I actually remember even going and having roast chicken rather than like poached chicken breast that I would used to have and having a really hard time with that in terms of my gut. Um, so it is very, very real issues that can really affect your quality of life just for the sole outcome of your body composition and affecting your body composition. Another con is that it's not really realistic long term, right? So how, if, if we're on a meal plan, how do we incorporate meals out without them being a quote unquote off plan or cheat meal, which again, circling back is then increasing that food dichotomy. Or when your mum makes your favourite lasagna and you go home for the weekend, how can you enjoy that time with your family if that's quote unquote not on plan without again, it being a off plan meal, entering, you know, putting your head in the quote unquote fuck it bucket and seeing yourself as a failure and having all this guilt around food so it becomes really really restrictive and again it isn't realistic long term and really it's the habits that are important around nutrition and the education around nutrition telling someone what to eat will get them from a to b but if you remember then remove that how do they learn to stay there how do they learn to live it's very much a teacher man to fish analogy about not really giving them the tools that you are just doing the fishing for them and actually giving them the tools whilst at the same time it's passing can actually set them up for life. Now, there are a couple of pros to meal plans. And again, it's not right that we completely demonize any certain method of dieting. What a meal plan can do is it can offer a structure, an example of how meals can be structured throughout the day to hit calorie or protein goals, for example. So a lot and a common issue that I get with clients when they begin coaching is that they struggle to know how to hit a protein goal or how they could go from eating 40 grams of protein a day to hitting 100 grams a day and what that would even look like or what foods have protein in them, for example. So one thing it can do is give someone an example of how they could hit their target. Say, for example, they were on, I don't know, 
they were taking in 2000 calories a day and they had a protein target of 100 grams it could give them a structure an example of how that might look across the day so again maybe good for an example um rather than following completely which is something again i utilize with some clients it can also be beneficial for busy people who don't have the time to think and they just simply want to execute. Now, this comes with the caveat of they do have a sound knowledge around nutrition. They can make swaps if they need to, but they're kind of going, right, I, I do I do know all about this, but it would be really beneficial if you could just tell me, you know, what to do so I can just execute because they might have a busy career or be, you know, a busy mom or something. And sometimes that can be useful if they have got that knowledge, but they just find it easy to say, right, this is the food I like. Can you just make me a few meals and I'll execute that? Um... And they might execute that Monday to Friday, for example, and then have a little bit more flexibility around the weekend, utilising habits and things like that. Um, but again, this is all caveated and it can definitely be a useful tool to use a meal plan. But there's definitely caveats and asterisks everywhere with this. Um, and it's important to see both sides of the coin here. Now, next step on the spectrum takes us to tracking. And in kind of modern day diet, fitness, health, culture, um, I think we're all familiar with the app MyFitnessPal. Um, and tracking can be done in a couple of ways, right? So traditionally, macro tracking, which is where you would have a calorie goal, protein goal, carb and a fat goal. Again, originating probably from the more serious of fitness goals where... Uh, carbohydrate and fat intake may matter towards performance for example but for the majority and something that I you know deal with with all you guys and you'll see in the way that I set you guys up actually carbon fat amounts each day don't really matter all that much uh, and you'll see a lot with you guys that I will set you say minimum fat targets for health for example um, but I'm not necessarily concerned once you once you hit that how your carbs and your fat sit so it can look like traditional macro goals or it could look like something like a protein and a calorie goal for example and the idea of tracking is that you're using a tracking app for the most popular one being my fitness power I think there's another one called nutri something um, and the idea of that is that you can track and as long as you hit your macronutrient goals then you are absolutely fine so cons of this is that and definitely when tracking first came out um it was hashtag if it fits your macros um it can sometimes if there is no sort of prior sound knowledge of nutrition can sometimes lead people to ignoring healthful habits around food ignoring what a balanced nutritional diet looks like and pretty much going down the premise of well if it fits your macros it's fine and almost encourage eating less nutrient dense foods um you know the whole analogy of if you're looking for fat loss you could eat five mars bars and as long as it's within your calorie goal then it you would be absolutely fine you would achieve your goals yeah you would but you'd also probably be a hell of a lot deficient in a lot of nutrients have a pretty crap quality of life because you'd feel pretty awful you'd be hungry all the time and you'd probably barely have much energy um so it kind of needs a little bit of that background nutritional education and sort of habit coaching as well rather than just a case of well just track what you want and you'll you'll lose body fat for example or gain muscle tissue if you are looking to be in a surplus so that is the first con that it again it's caveated with that extra nutritional education not just as it seems on the surface of well if you've tracked and hit your macros then we are we're fine Tracking also only quote unquote works when it is done accurately, right? So really this means spending a bit of time, a period of time building a bit of a portfolio, frequently used foods, for example, so that they're easy to track in. The first 
few weeks if not month or so of tracking will be a case of sifting through making sure that you've tracked the food that you're tracking accurately making sure that when you search for a pasta you're tracking it if it's cooked or raw you are tracking the right thing um that you are doing everything accurately and the app will remember the things that you use and you will find that it becomes easier you can build meals into the app you can have them quickly accessible but it does require a period of time almost building that portfolio and also a period of time making sure that you are weighing out each of your food portions so that you know exactly what a portion looks like and that you go, right, okay, well, yeah, I'm having pasta for my tea and you just scan the label and you just click add and you don't even look at, you know, that might be a generic serving of 50 grams, but you've actually got, I don't know, 70 grams, but you haven't even weighed it. So you've actually got 90 grams, even though you think that you've got 70 and you've just tracked 50. You have to be doing it accurately. If you are tracking, you are weighing out 50 grams dried pasta. You are then going into the app and tracking 50 grams of dried pasta, um, all weighed out to correct amounts. And actually resetting what say portions look like for example whilst you almost reset the slate if you're tracking willy-nilly it can be so far out that it's not actually worth it so again it only works and it's done correctly tracking is also linked to disordered eating now i'm going to say this loosely now this is a research paper where this this is one research paper where this was linked and again it's causation correlation causation right so yes it is linked however can we say that my fitness pal caused an eating disorder or is it more likely a correlation? Because um, in the same research paper, walking was also linked to, um, linked to disordered eating. So again, a causation or a correlation, it's more likely going to be a correlation effect um, rather than a straightforward um, causation. And this can sometimes actually become a barrier to uh clients uh, well or potential clients that are here sign up that they are almost become scared of using my fitness pal even if they have no prior experience of disordered eating now i will say and as a, a sort of a compassionate coach that looks after relationships with food that if i have a client who has had an issue around this or obsession with with eating or anything like that obsession with food that i would always see this as a red flag and i would always note that first however for a lot of people, it can almost become a bit of a limiting belief uh, because of these kind of, you know, oh, well, if I do it, I'll become obsessed type of mentality. When actually you you may do and a small percentage of people may do, but actually it could almost it could also be a really empowering tool for you to take control of your nutrition and, and learn a lot as well. So for those that are predisposed to the nature of becoming maybe obsessed with data or food amounts or have disordered food relationships in the past it could potentially trigger this um and it's important that we make sure that we're learning whilst using the app as a compass rather than being reliant on that and noticing if you do tend to see any kind of obsessive habits around utilizing it um or you feel constrained by it and again a good coach should be able to flag that with you um that we maybe work to to remove that whether that's a phased approach or a full full approach in one go Another pro of using tracking is that it actually does allow you to be flexible around social events, unplanned events, eating on the go, things like that, that you don't necessarily have to see this as right, okay, because it's not on a plan, it's within, you know, not within my control or, you know, I can't stay in line with my goals. Tracking does give you that flexibility to be able to think, right, okay, I'm in a different scenario here, I'm on the go, for example, what can I grab here that will fit in with my goals that I can track in and make it work for me? And again, it, it does rely on a little bit of, well, you're going to have to be look at the nutrition label anyway to make a choice to see what 
you know what you can track in um, but it does just become a little bit of a fancy calculator in that sense that you can be eating on the go and making sure that you are hitting your numbers whilst eating on the go and having a little bit more flexibility with your choices this might look like tracking things in or it might look like giving yourself a little buffer of calories for example if you were going out and making a choice out but as I've, as I've said and caveated through this, it's a case of building your knowledge around nutrition and paying attention to what's in foods, portion sizes, etc. But this only happens when tracking accurately and taking the time to do so. And it is important that we think about tracking like a sat-nav. Again, the teacher man to fish analogy. We don't want to be tracking forever, relying on the app forever. We want to be paying attention to what's in foods when we're tracking them, thinking, oh, okay, I didn't realise that was heavy in carbs for example or I didn't realize that was a fat source or okay I've just learned that this is this has got protein in it and actually if I pair this and this that makes a nice snack and I can hit my protein goal or oh okay I didn't realize that that's actually what a serving of pasta look like for example and having more awareness of what's going into our bodies so if we think of it like a sat nav that we don't intend to rely on a sat nav all the time that for the first few journeys we will be paying really really close attention to every single word that the sat nav says but actually after a period of time you'll start to listen less to the sat nav and go on autopilot and eventually you'll be able to remove the sat nav altogether and another and final pro of utilizing tracking that i actually quite like from a coaching perspective is that it allows you to see your habits in black and white so it allows you to really see right in front of you how to balance your meals in terms of hitting your macronutrient goals, protein or calorie goals, for example, um, and also seeing the size of meals, evenly spacing meals throughout the day. You'll be able to look back, see what worked, what didn't. Say, for example, if you were absolutely starving, then, you know, when you got to five o'clock, for example, and you look back on your day, you realize you barely eat any carbs for example or that you barely eat any protein and it hasn't kept you that full for very long you're able to literally see it as a diary in black and white and that means that you can reflect on it and learn from it and change your habits going forward and that's probably one of the biggest pros to tracking in my opinion um aside from it actually just being a fancy calculator that's probably the, this is probably the best and most beneficial um and positive impact that tracking can have when it comes to your long-term food education and relationships Next up is eating intuitively. So there is a big difference. I'm going to kind of bracket the next two together. Now, there is a difference between eating intuitively and intuitive eating. Eating intuitively is a method that we can almost layer when it comes to dieting approaches, where it allows us to connect with our body a little bit more. Intuitive eating is actually a completely separate approach. It's not related to dieting per se, and it's more a method of um, navigating disordered eating, a chance to listen to the body, reconnect with the body and do that in a way that is guilt free, uh, free of shame from food choices, etc, etc. And it doesn't necessarily take body composition into consideration. It's more about food thoughts, connecting with the body and not feeling guilt or shame around certain foods and, and choices and really relying on the body for the signals that it gives us. Now, the way that this differs from eating intuitively is that eating intuitively takes on board some of these kind of approaches and is almost like a hybrid of that food awareness, but also being able to connect with your body and its signals and being able to choose when you act on them, right? So this is a, an approach that I really like to utilize with clients or ultimately that I like to see clients move to as we move through the coaching process, whether it's something that gets implemented right away, if they maybe have some sort of food relationships or they've had a history of overeating, for example, um, and maybe tracking won't be appropriate. But ultimately, 
whether it's a client with a physique goal, this is something that I do like to move all of my clients towards because realistically, this is where we want to be, right? When we're looking to maintain the work that we've done around food is being able to listen to our body and not rely on an app. So one of the biggest pros I've just touched on is that in eating intuitively, not intuitive eating, eating intuitively allows you to connect with your body and your body signals, not just eat when an app tells you to. And the biggest thing there is that it is really bringing back your food relationships and your body's signals and really recognizing that. And the again, a big caveat here is that it'll be a case of learning when it is appropriate to act on those signals and maybe when it's not. And there are several resources that we can layer and utilize. And there are several resources that I provide for clients that if you're a client, you will have probably utilized yourself that alongside eating intuitively that we would utilize also. And this therefore allows us to utilize this approach in a way of either allowing us to be maybe in a slight deficit if we are looking to drop some body fat or to tidy up a little bit to live at maintenance or to be in a slight surplus if we are looking to maybe um, go after some more health focus goals like uh, restoring the menstrual cycle, for example, or even being in a surplus to gain muscle tissue and what that would actually feel like in the body. It allows us to recognize behaviors rather than disconnecting completely and dehumanizing food habits, which is sometimes what can happen when we track. It just becomes black and white data. It allows us to really build that connection and find a nice middle ground and a hybrid ground between both. It promotes food freedom and variety, and it, it lends itself well to a range of supporting tools for a full and guilt-free lifestyle. And ultimately, that's the goal, right? That food freedom, variety, no guilt or shame around choices, and being able to live your life in a way that aligns with the values and the goals you've got set for yourself at that time. And really, this is a really healthy approach to nutrition, right? That we're promoting the food freedom, we're promoting the variety, we're limiting the shame, we are reducing the food dichotomy. And that's ultimately what will allow us to live in a healthy mind and therefore a healthy body, right? Um, that is reali realistically in research, what lends itself to healthy body compositions is a healthy relationship with food. So personally, from a coaching perspective, this is an approach that I really love, but where this is appropriate for each client will depend on where they're at, what their goals are, and ultimately working towards this from a long-term perspective. Cons of eating intuitively is that for some people, eating intuitively is hard to do when the signals are off. So say, for example, if you're very, very lean, say, for example, you've just done a competition prep, it's something that I've experienced myself um, when I've been very, very lean and uh, have not got much body fat at all on me after a prep, or you're very, very overweight, your leptin and your ghrelin signals can be off. And basically, these are the hormones that regulate our hunger and satiety. They can be off and it can be really difficult to actually... Um, to actually feel what satiation feels like. You can be uncontrollably, unsatiably hungry and it's nothing to do with actually your hunger and your fullness and it's down to your hormone levels. And sometimes at some periods of life, they can be off for certain certain people. So therefore being intuitive to your body's signals might be the most in a might not be the most appropriate method to go down because if you were to be intuitive after, say, coming off a show prep, for example, and you were very, very lean and your body was just insatiably hungry, you would eat and eat and eat and eat and eat to try and cure that insatiable hunger to a point where you would gain body fat very rapidly, very quickly in an unhealthy way, because that's the signal that your body is giving. So it's not always going to be appropriate to listen to those signals for everybody. And again, this is something that we can find in um, clients that are very overweight. And again, their hormones may be off. Um, 
is that they have insatiable hunger and sometimes it may not be linked to kind of stress and things like that it's just an insatiable hunger that, that they cannot cannot navigate and ultimately the way to bring those hormones back in line is to bring yourself back to a healthy healthy level of body fat whether that's bringing body fat up or bringing body fat down it's almost like riding a bit of a wave to get through and in these instances intuitively eating intuitively may not be the most appropriate route to go down ultimately we want to get them there but it may be a little bit more of a structured approach even if it was just habitual coaching around what a structure looked like throughout the day maybe a little bit more appropriate at the time depending on the individual so again, it depends where the individual is starting. It depends on their background and their experience as to which approach we would take and ultimately what we're leading them to long term. It's difficult to know at first when to act and to not on your hunger signals. So again, whilst you're kind of getting used to that, again, it might not be the, the thing to act on straight away. We may need to build a little bit of a foundation first, or maybe you might even need, just need some extra closer support with that whilst you learn what those signals feel like. And this often relies on a sound nutritional knowledge to begin with, right? So to be able to eat intuitively, you kind of need to know what's in foods, what portions look like, et cetera, et cetera. That sound nutritional knowledge, I guess, has to come first as the foundation. But it can definitely be something that you build up whilst you're going through this process. Again, it will just need some close coaching support. As always, it's client dependent. And we may start here and address reasons why we're overeating, for example, or it could be something that we move into if we don't have overeating habits, really, but we just need to develop some prior knowledge in terms of what's in foods and what structure looks like. And then we move into more of an intuitive approach from there. So that's kind of a bit of a spectrum of what different methods of dieting could look like. And as you can see, there's pros and cons to every method and where it can feel like when you go on social media or you go onto the internet, you just don't know what method is the quote unquote right method. The reason why there are so many is because we're all so different. We're all at different points in our lives and we all require different things. And if anybody tells you this is the right way, for example, then I probably question that because as with anything in coaching, it depends. And there are definitely favorable methods. And like I've said, methods that I would ultimately like my own clients to move towards when it comes to long-term maintenance for example um but there are definitely different methods that can be applied to different people at different points of their lives and again just like anything it's important that we don't polarize or dichotomize these things but actually approach them with an open mind see the pros and cons and be able to spot that in yourself and again that takes a certain level of, of self-awareness which again is a foundation for the coaching that we do here so I hope you found that useful. I hope that you are feeling a little bit more open-minded into different methods and where they may be more appropriate for you at different parts of your journey. If you've got any questions on this, then you can just shoot me a message on Instagram. If you're a client, you can obviously always reach out anytime that you like uh, via the Facebook group or via your own communication channels on WhatsApp, etc. If you are not a client, you're not on the team, then feel free to message me on Instagram at charliepfit with a Y if you have any questions on methods of dieting or ways that you feel might suit you or anything that you're struggling with when it comes to managing your nutrition or methods that you feel will be appropriate for you. If you do want to hear more about our services or about any more sort of content that will support what we've spoken about today, follow us on socials. You'll be able to see progress from the team as well as useful content. And obviously, if you are an existing client, then all of your content is in our members area for you to access at any time. I hope you enjoyed that and I hope to hear from you soon. If you enjoyed this, please let me know. Please reach out and I will see you in the next one. Bye. <music>